Hey, welcome to the 10th break uh, here. Brian Suits, AM770 KTTH. Uh, you know, we get nine breaks over three hours, and this is the this is the one break where uh, I get to get really deep in the weeds, a deep dive on something, and uh, today it'll be, while it is tomorrow, the second anniversary of Putin's invasion of Ukraine, uh, I thought because uh, this is a lot more... Uh, a lot more pressing. Uh, what does the end of the Gaza war look like? Because it's in its final stages. The American media doesn't know this, and the American government thinks it still has an effect uh, on this. But uh, Netanyahu's uh, long-term plan uh, for Gaza and the what's left of the Palestinian people that are that are not part of Hamas um, is coming uh, into clarity, coming into view uh, here. And it, let, let's start with this. Um, they are winning. Hamas are being reduced uh, through attrition. I mean, through lethal attrition. Uh, there's no way out. They they are choosing to go out. You know, one way. The ones that are st- that are still behind um, are the ones dropping their weapons and going to their families and acting like uh, refugees. They they may be allowed to stay, um, but the ones that are going uh, that are choosing to uh, go out the hard way, well, that that way is being shown them uh, by the Israelis, and for the Israelis, this has a, uh, a a cleansing effect, a antibacterial effect, uh, as if you will, because Netanyahu's plan here can basically be summed up in well, that was a fun 19 years because the IDF will retain control of Gaza, and they're already re-engineering. Uh, the surface area, the Gaza Strip area, and it might behoove you to uh, go to Google Earth and and uh, <clears throat> open it up and go to the Eastern Med and find the Gaza Strip. Uh, the the Israelis are busy uh, renovating the entire area, um, and they're setting up their own bases inside Gaza. And so now, the demilitarized area will no longer be outside of Gaza in Israeli territory. Um, it'll be about a one-kilometer strip, 1,000 meters, inside of Gaza. So you lose that territory, um, and the Israelis will have it under observation at all times, uh, primarily because they're going to be based there. So the Israelis are going to do what they do in the West Bank with the Palestinians there, and that is um, oversee a rational administration, uh, working law enforcement and security, um, close cooperation with a newly installed non-Hamas Palestinian technocrat uh, government, a government made up of people who can make a water pump run and things like that, which is definitely not Hamas. Um, and so it's basically going to go back to two, 2005 when the Israelis left because they were given a peace deal by the Palestinians, which was if you get out of here, uh, we'll give you peace. They They never intended to keep it. Because Hamas overthrew the Palestinian Authority uh, by 2007. The terrorists had taken over by 2007. So uh, what will uh, Gaza look like? <clears throat> well, if you don't know this, what did Gaza look like in 2005? Well, there were working farms that were exporting specialist uh, products. Um, like there is a, uh, there's a type of frozen garlic for chefs. It looks like they, it looks like tiny ice cube trays, and the brand is called Zderot, S-D-E-R-O-T. It's an Israeli-owned company, and they used to raise garlic, and then they would process the garlic into the little cubes, 
and freeze it and export it to the U.S. and to Europe. Very successful. And guess what? When the Israelis left, uh, they didn't pick up the factory. They left it there, and the Palestinians looted it. So Palestine, Gaza exports nothing. So a, a newly um, reoccupied Gaza by the Israelis will go back to what 2005 was like, where there were jobs and foreign investment, because the Israelis— uh, were they had settlements uh, in Gaza, and they employed Gazans uh, to to work in Israeli-owned factories. And so, what the Israelis are doing is they're absolute Netanyahu's ultimate revenge on uh, Joe Biden is doing a complete end run on peace because Biden is trying to play this as if he's somehow the Jimmy Carter between Menachem Begin and Yasser Arafat. If you remember that famous Camp David Accord. Or I'm sorry, um, uh, Anwar Sadat and Menachem Begin. If you remember that that famous uh, Camp David Accord photo, Carter was an afterthought, but he couldn't have a Middle East peace without him involved. So he gets a, a Nobel Peace Prize uh, for that, when in reality the Israelis and Egyptians worked it out well before Jimmy Carter stuck his bony finger in there. And so um, what Netanyahu is doing with the Gulf Arab states, Saudi Arabia and the Emirates, is that he's uh, arranging—and and by the way, Egypt is a very, very uh, close partner here—is that they're arranging for investment into Gaza. And that is a reconstruction with no tunnels of a commercial Gaza with farmland uh, and foreign investment, primarily Saudi and Emirati investment. Uh, to employ the gods. And so this is going to be life after, as Netanyahu says, life after Hamas. Um, there will be the plan that we've seen, the document uh, that uh, what was allowed uh, to be revealed were the day after Hamas, as it was called, or the, uh, <clears throat> the bare bones. According to the plan, the only arms allowed in Gaza will be what is required for maintaining public order. So that means there will be a Palestinian police force they will be trained by Saudis and Emiratis, world-class training, and then sent back in there as not, not terrorists, but as actual police. Israel, Israel will be tasked with the responsibility for realizing this goal, overseeing its maintenance and the foreseeable future. Netanyahu has pushed back at the U.S. objections to a buffer zone, but the Gaza border with Israel, noting that the security buffer zone established in the Gaza Strip in the area bordering Israel will exist as long as there is a security need for it, which the entire point of the entire operation was getting rid of Hamas. And um, uh, the feeling that I get from the White House is that they have resentment to Netanyahu that he succeeded in that goal here at day 140 of, of this war. This is the longest war that uh, Israel has fought since the War of Independence in 1948, which is nearly a year long. Um, and fighting Hamas is immensely popular, um, and and it might seem like a contradiction, but Netanyahu is unpopular for far different reasons, but he is very popular as a wartime president. When they don't need him, need him they will get rid of him, you know, so don't worry about that. It's just that Biden's dislike of him is that um, he liked conservative Republicans, uh, and that uh, he makes Biden look like uh, like a panty waist, uh, by the way. So the IDF will continue the war until its goal is achieved. That The White House keeps pushing for, you know, some sort of a ceasefire. But they know that's a, that's a non-starter, primarily because of American politics. 
And, you know, Joe Biden, remember three weeks ago, he said he always saw that what Israel did after having 1,400 citizens slaughtered was a bit over the top, as if that's a thing. Uh, anyway, the IDF will continue the war until its goals are achieved. The destruction of Hamas and the Islamic Jihad's military capabilities and governmental infrastructure, the return of the hostages, and the prevention of any threats emanating from the Gaza Strip. So that's their uh, mission going forward for the next year. A year from now, you won't remember the war. You'll you'll be seeing uh, American news specials about reconstruction, about uh, the Emiratis hiring Chinese construction companies uh, or whatever. But they will rebuild it probably with a lot of Gazan labor and, and the whole thing. And they'll put money in people's pockets, real money, not not sitting there getting the, the drippings from Hamas because that's how Hamas ran the Gaza Strip. Um, they, they, they took European... Uh, anti-Israel, the non-governmental organization, uh, money that was intended for schools and hospitals. They skimmed off the top. They lived off of that, and they doled out little bits uh, to people in Gaza. This is well documented. The people in the uh, in the West Bank uh, who are under the Palestinian Authority. That's why they don't go there and visit, and that's why they all have their cousins and brothers living with them. Is because that's the only place where a, a Palestinian can can get a job and earn earn an honest living. So anyway, this is far more creative than anything that the administration has thought of. But yeah, Netanyahu and the Israeli Defense Forces and Israeli politicians do know that um, if you have a national will to win a war, you can win a war. And and it's really sad to be taught that by another country that exists only because of us. But uh, there was a time in this country that we knew that if you wanted to win, you had to be committed. And even if we weren't committed, like in Afghanistan, we had to, we had to stay there. Uh, so the, um, the Hamas in some form or fashion will be in Qatar, and they'll say, well, Israel has, has their own Iraq now. Well, all right, last I checked, <clears throat> Iraq is an actual functioning uh, democracy, a free country. I mean, does it, does it uh, resemble Canada or Belgium? Uh, no, it doesn't. But neither is uh, Gaza ever going to resemble any rational state with Hamas in charge, and they're 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 gone now. And 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 by the way, um, they're the two brothers, Yahya Sinwar and his brother that run Hamas. Uh, even Hamas people can't find them uh, anymore, and they sound like they're really angry at their leadership for skiving off to their villas uh, in the Emirates or to a double tree or something like that. But anyway, these guys are not welcome in Saudi Arabia. Um, in Oman, in the Emirates, uh, in Bahrain, in Kuwait. The only place they're uh, welcome is in Qatar, where uh, it's the most Iran-friendly Gulf Arab state, but that's the only place they're, uh, that they're welcome. But, um, yeah, so a year from now, you mark my words and you mark this podcast, a year from now, the war will be an afterthought. The Israelis have won. Um, it was never in question. What was in question was American political will. Um, and between Democrats across the, the country from L.A. Uh, to Harvard uh, protesting for these murderers and hostage takers and rapists um, in support of them uh, and uh, Israeli political will, uh, the, the gap between the, the backbone of American politicians in an election year afraid of their base waving Palestinian flags – um, and supporting Israel is pretty shameful, but uh, it, it'll possibly by November it'll be forgotten. But um, if you're running against Joe Biden, 
holding this up and uh, to challenge him and making him answer for it uh, should be an issue. Foreign policy is not basically a real domestic uh, election issue, but this should be. The overwhelming Republican support for Israel uh, in the rank and file uh, outdoes uh, the Democrats on their best day in the past 20 years, especially right now with another new generation of Democrats coming up. Um, Israel cannot count on Democrats ever again in the future to uh, to support them. So um, a gigantic shift in where American Jews have their uh, political loyalty uh, now probably is underway as well. But uh, so anyway, that is your 10th break uh, for uh, today. And next week, we'll, uh, with the full second anniversary of the Ukraine war under our belts, we'll uh, tackle that on next Tuesday's uh, 10th break, uh, whatever, whatever the date is. I don't like giving the date because this should be an evergreen. You should pass it on to your friends and all that. So anyway, uh, follow me at Dark Secret Place on Twitter all weekend long uh, and subscribe to the 10th break and to the Brian Suits podcast. And thanks for uh, listening. We will talk to you soon, real soon here on AM 770 KTTH.